you're ready for the word of the Lord, come on now. Let's give it up for the Lord now. Come on, let me hear you. We welcome all of those joining online, wherever you're watching around the world. We're so glad you're here. Maybe you're like the people I met in the first, so I met a couple of new families in the first service that I watched your broadcast last week. We had to come this week in person and check it out. So we invite you wherever you're at, when you're here locally in our area, come and check us out. We'd love to have you as our guest. It's one thing to experience it online. It's another thing to be here live and in person. We're continuing our series this summer of the DNA. We're discovering who God created us to be. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you blessed? Some of you say, I, I think I'm blessed. Some of you say, I, I don't really feel blessed. Maybe someone else says, I do feel blessed. Somebody else says, I know I'm blessed. Somebody else says, I doubt I'm blessed. Our answer would be broad today if we were to poll everybody in the room. And if I asked you what a working definition, a working biblical definition of the word bless looks like, we would probably have a really difference in articulating that as well. So today I want you to understand, first of all, yes, you are blessed, number one. And number two, what does that look like to the believer? We throw that term out a lot to a lot of people. Be blessed, I'm blessed, you're blessed, we're all blessed. They're like, yeah, yeah, but do we really understand what that looks like according to scripture. So today I want you to realize, yes, you are blessed. And let's look what that really means in scripture. Let's go through our text in Genesis 1, 28. Remember God had just created the world and now he's creating man. He said, and, Adam, and then God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The first thing God did to Adam and Eve was what? Bless them. The first thing God does after he creates man and woman is bless them. Listen, you got to understand, God created man and he created woman. As I've been talking throughout this series, it's so important that we are teaching our children that they are a man and they are a woman and that God created them and God has blessed them. The world will not communicate this to them. As I've been sharing with you this week, as early as this week, I read a breaking headline that said that they are now moving a law. They're trying to get a gender removed from birth certificates. They're trying to get it removed, that there's no gender at birth. As I'm telling you, the world is trying to strip the identity from our children out from under our eyes and nose, we don't see it happening, but it's happening. You can ask anybody 12 and under and they will tell you they know probably 10% of their friends will identify as gender neutral, meaning they don't know if they're a girl or a boy and they just kind of out there waiting to decide. And so it's, in, it's important. Why is this happening? Because if they can get our children confused about who they are, strip them of our identity, then they can recreate them into what they want them to be. But how many know, as for me and my house, Come on now, as for me and my house, we're going to stand on the word of the Lord. We're going to stand on the commands of the Lord. We're going to teach our children that it's okay to be a strong man. It's okay to be a strong woman and to allow that compassion of God for all people. But it's okay to know who you are in God. And so we got to teach these things. Pass them on. And your children need to know they are blessed. You need to know 
you are blessed. Say it with me, I am blessed. You're blessed today. Let's look at the pattern of blessing that scripture teaches us. We can go right to Jesus for this example. Luke 9, 16. Remember, there's a story there where Jesus was teaching on the hillside and, and the thousands that were there and they had nothing to eat. It was getting late in the day. And the disciples said, Jesus, send, send them away so they can find food. And Jesus said, just go look what you can find and bring it to me. And they came back and gave them a little boy's lunch. They had a few loaves and, and a couple of fish in there. Let's read what happened. And then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He blessed it. Then he broke them. And then he gave them out to the disciples to set before the multitude. So all ate, and they were all filled. And they even had 12 baskets left over after everything was taken up. Now we see something happening here that God blessed it, and then he broke it, and then he gave it. We think a blessing, if we're being really honest, if I said, you want a blessing, you're like, yeah. We, in our mind, we automatically think a blessing as something we're going to receive. I'm going to receive a blessing. I'm going to get a blessing from God. And God doesn't think the same way we think. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're, they're higher than us. The Bible teaches us that. We see it as something new, but God wants to bless something you already have. See, the blessing came when the little boy gave up what he had, then God blessed it, God broke it, God multiplied it and gave it out. The blessing came when somebody surrendered what they already had to Jesus. The blessing comes when you give what you have to Jesus. Jesus took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and then he gave it away. God multiplies things that we give him. God blesses the things already. It's up to us to give it to him. If you want God to bless your marriage, your job, your finances, your children, you give it to the Lord. God, I give you my marriage. God, I give you my family. God, I give you my job. God, I give you my finances. God, I give you my time. Why is this important? Because what I give to the Lord, God blesses. He's already blessed me, and now I give it back to him. I give it back to him. How, how, do, you, how do you do that, Pastor? How do, how do you, for example, how do you give God your job? Well, instead of tomorrow morning when you go to your job and you dread it going in because you're like, man, I can't stand my boss. Certain coworkers drive me crazy. They're always griping at me and all these things. You go in already mentally tired and fatigued because you don't want to be there. You don't want to work that job. It's not even your, your first or second choice of a job. But let me just challenge you. When you give your job to the Lord, you'll go in tomorrow saying, God, this is, isn't my first choice. This may not be my first choice, but I'm going to do it as unto you. That means I'm going to go in and I'm going to work this job like you're my boss because you are, and I'm going to do it to please you. And I'm not going to let other people distract me from doing the job and being a person of integrity, being a person of character. And I want to produce, I want to produce like you're the one checking my work. I want to have an attitude like you're the boss I'm serving. I want to talk on my job like you're the one listening to my conversation. That's how I give my job to the Lord. And I promise you do that. Not only will your attitude change, God will elevate you. God will bless you at your current job. And God begins to do something new. That's giving my job to God. See how it happens. We give what we have to God.
That's where the blessing lies. Look at this statement. It's going to hit you pretty hard. Let's look at it. Stop asking God to give you something more when you won't give him what you have now. I know, that's tough, right? Let's say it one more time for those in the back. Stop asking God to give you something more when you won't give him what you have now. See, the blessing comes when I surrender what I have now. God wants me to learn to give what I have now. If you give it to God now, he can bless it, he can break it, and he can give it away. If you feel like you're going through a breaking season in your life, Pastor, this season I'm going through right now, it's about to break me. And I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about spiritually or just mentally. You feel like, man, this is a really hard season. I say, congratulations, you're already blessed. God blessed it, then he broke it. God blessed it, then he broke it, then he gave it away. Could it be that God's preparing you to give it, be given away? Could it be that God's going to give you a testimony that you can heal others with? Could it be that God's going to do something in your life that's going to bring him glory? Could it be that God's changing you and molding you for a new season in your life? Look at this statement. The breaking is not to break you. The breaking is to make you. He's trying to make us into something different. He's trying to make us so that we can become a blessing. He's already blessed us, and now he's trying to make us into a blessing. You may be at your breaking point today, but I say, hold strong. Keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Know that you are already blessed, and God would not allow you to go through the breaking season if he didn't have a plan for your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to break you, and he wants to give it away. Look at, go back to our text now. Genesis 1, 28. Then, everybody say this word, then. Then God blessed them. What was that talking about? First of all, before we get to this verse, God spends time creating everything that we would need to thrive and survive. He created the atmosphere, he created the air, he created the sun, he created the moon, he created the land, he created the sea, he created the creatures, he created the vegetation. Everything that we would need to thrive, he created that first, then he creates man and woman, and then he blessed them. Signifying what? There's a pattern here we cannot overlook. The pattern is this, that God is not, the blessing is not in the things. God had already given them the things to thrive and survive. The blessing was not in the things God gave them. The blessing was upon them. God was blessing them. The blessing is not in the things. Look at Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Not the opposite. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes you rich. Being rich doesn't mean you have a blessing. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes you rich. We've got it turned around. We see the blessing as things God gives me. No, the blessing's upon you. The blessing's upon me. This is where the blessing lies. The blessing is upon us. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God, it's not what you eat and what you drink. But instead, it's the righteousness and the peace and the joy in the Holy Spirit. This is where the blessing lies. The blessing is not in the things you have. The blessing is not in all these material things and all these things we count as wealth. The blessing is found that I've been made righteous. 
What's that mean? That means I had been made in right standing with God. That I had sin in my life and I had fallen short of God's standard. But now through the power of Jesus Christ, his blood on the cross for me, when applied to my life and I accept him as my Lord and Savior, now my sins are erased and when God looks at me now, he looks at me as in right standing with him because of what his son did upon the cross. That is why I'm blessed right there. And because of that, I have a newfound peace. Come on, now you've got a peace because you've been blessed. You can get up and walk through any situation, through any crisis, through any pandemic, through any stock market crash or fall. You can handle it all. Why? You can be at peace because God's already blessed you. You're already walking in the favor of God and you will not be like everybody else. Look at scripture. We thrive. Not only do we survive, we thrive in times of crisis. Look throughout scripture. God's people would thrive in times of crisis. So keep your head up. You are blessed. It's not your things that are blessed. It's God blessing you. You are blessed. This is where the blessing's at. Write this down. The blessing is not on our things. The blessing is on us. It's on us. The blessing is not the favor on our life, but the favor is on my life because I'm blessed. Are you following me? The blessing is not the favor, but the favor on my life is because I'm blessed. I remember one time I was in college and, and I was asked, I was assistant manager of a store and then I was asked to take over the store. And I didn't know this at the time, but I found out later they were just a few months away for closing the doors of the store. It had been losing money. And so when I took it over, I made a few changes, but we began to, we began to have gains every single month. And month after month, we were having gains over last year's month. And they kept coming back saying, you know, they kept expecting money. This is new, it's going to fade, but instead it happened month after month. Finally, the owner of the chain of stores came to me. He sat down, he got his pad out, and he crossed his legs. And he's, he got his notepad ready. He said, all right, Gene. He goes, I can't believe this. He goes, this store has been failing. We're close to shutting the doors, but you're having gains every single month. He goes, what, what's the secret? I want to know. We're going we're to teach it to people in our company. We're going to make some things here. I, I want Tell me today. I set aside time. I want to learn. Why is this store all of a sudden just taking off? And, of course, I made some, some changes that were small things and how you present things and how you do sell, that's all important. But the most important thing was this, was I was blessed. And see, what he didn't get, and for the first time, I never, never realized this, but God spoke it into my heart. He said, Gene, whatever you put your hand to do, I'm going to bless it because you put it in me first. And I knew that. And so here I was in my young, early 20s, and I'm sitting down with this guy who's a millionaire, and he wants to ask me how this store is being successful. And I boldly looked at him and I said, the reason why this store is being successful, because I'm blessed. God has blessed my life. And if you put me in charge of something, it's going to be blessed as well. He was like, how do I write that down and make it a company policy? It kind of, it kind of took him off guard. He wasn't expecting that. And I, honestly, I wasn't expecting to give him that answer. But I knew God dropped it in my heart. And, and before I could ever say anything good about what I had done, I realized it was because the favor of God was on my life. And I told him that. You put me in charge of something, it's going to do well because God has blessed me. You got to realize, you think this is not true. Look at Joseph's life. Think about Joseph. 
He got thrown in the pit by his brothers. He got sold into slavery at Potiphar's house. He's working as a slave there. There, he rises quickly because of the favor of God's on him. He rises quickly to the top. He leads all the servants of Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife lies on him, gets him thrown in jail. And then when he's in prison, all of a sudden he rises to the top in the prison, becomes in charge of all the prisoners. He is favored with all the prisoner guards. Everybody loves him. But do you think Joseph felt blessed? No. Do you think Joseph felt blessed being in the pit? Do you think he felt blessed being working for Potiphar? Do you think he felt blessed in the prison? No. But the important thing was this, because the favor of the Lord, Joseph was blessed and the favor of the Lord was upon him. And no matter where he was at, he rose up quickly because he was blessed. If that had been you and I, we probably would have been like, God, why have you forsaken me? God, where are you? God, why am I going through this trial? And what we didn't understand, but you and I have the advantage now. We know the story. We know the beginning and the end of the story and realize that he was going to be put second in command of all of Egypt. And God had to break him first so that he could be a blessing to the nations. He wasn't ready to lead. He'd have had too much pride, too much arrogance too much revenge on mine, but because he went through all of that, it humbled him. God was making him, but during that process, the favor of the Lord was still upon him. And then one day he went from the prison all the way to the palace, second in command of Egypt, because the favor of the Lord was upon him. What I'm telling you is this, the favor of the Lord is upon you. You're already blessed. You just don't realize it yet. You need to understand it. You need to speak it out of your life. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Remind yourself of that. I'm blessed. Live it out. And walk in the favor of the Lord. Look at Genesis 9.1. It backs up the same pattern. So God destroys the earth with the flood. Noah comes off the ark and his family. Look what happens. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Are you following the pattern? God does it with Adam and Eve. He destroys the earth with the flood, sparing only the animals on the ark, and sparing only, only uh, Noah and his family. And the first thing he does when they get off the ark was bless them. It's the most important. God blessed them. Look what Genesis 35, 9 and 10. God appeared to Jacob again. And when he came from Padam Aram, doesn't that sound like an 80s group right there? They come from Padamarama, right there. Sorry, I go there, okay. And he blessed them, and God said to him, your name is Jacob. Your name shall be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall now be your name. So he called his name Israel. God blessed him while his name was Jacob. Jacob meant deceiver. Did God bless him after he changed his name? No. It says right here plainly that God blessed him first, then God changed his name. See, the blessing of the Lord allows you to go from deceiver to prince of God, to child of God. 
The blessing of the Lord is upon you. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you favor on your team. God wants to give you favor on your job. God wants to give you favor in your school. God wants to give you favor in this community. God wants you to rest in his favor. God wants to know you're blessed already. The blessing is not coming from things you might receive. The blessing is upon you because the blesser himself breathes life into your lungs. The blesser himself is upon you. That's where the blessing is at. Once God blesses you, you now have the ability to change. Now look at Luke 1, 28. Having come in, the angel said to her, talking about Mary, Mary, rejoice. You highly in favor one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among the women. One thing you got to understand about this story is Mary had not yet had the womb filled with the promise. But the angel comes to her and says, you're already blessed. And then she begins to rejoice. She begins to thank the Lord and says, the Lord is going to impregnate you through the Holy Spirit. You're going to bring the Messiah. Now, before she ever received the gift in her womb of the Messiah, she was already called blessed. Are you following the pattern here? And she began to thank the Lord before she ever received the promise. There's something powerful about people who know before I ever receive the promise from the Lord. Even when my womb is empty, both physically and spiritually, I can begin to praise the Lord now. Even before the answer happens, I praise the Lord now. Why? Because I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. I'm already highly favored. When this, that happens, there's something that happens in the spirit realm as well. Let me say something to you that's going to make you mad. It's okay. You're going to love me anyway, right? All right. Feeling blessed is really not important. Whether you feel blessed or you have it in the fields that day, it's really not important. What's important is that you know it and you follow it. Look, look at this pattern here. Facts, faith, and feelings. We're called to know the facts. The facts are this, that I am blessed. The facts are this, I am a child of God. The facts are this, I've been adopted into the family of God. The facts are this, that I am a chosen of God. You got to understand this, I am already there. God's already, that's the facts, I'm already forgiven. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes my feelings don't feel that way. Sometimes I feel like, you know what, I'm not good enough. Sometimes I feel like, you know what? I, I messed up way too much in my life. Sometimes I feel like, man, God hasn't heard my prayer in a long time. Sometimes I feel like, God, your favor is not with me. Sometimes I don't feel like it. And that's why I don't allow my faith to follow my feelings. Because my feelings will mess me up. My feelings will lie to my mind. My feelings will have me up one day, down the next. My feelings will have my feet planted in church one month, and the next month, I'm giving up on church. I ain't never coming back again. That's my feelings working. People who are led by their feelings, the Bible says, they're like a wave of the sea, up and down, tossed around, up and down. So our job is not to allow our feelings, but let me give you some encouragement today. You have been given dominion over your feelings. And so it's up to you to say, feelings, get behind me. 
and attach yourself right here. And I'm by faith, I'm attaching my faith in what God says about me. I am blessed. I am adopted of God. I am a child of God. I am the head and not the tail. I believe this already. My faith is going to line up with the facts of what God's word says. Feelings, you'll catch up. Feelings, you'll get in line later. Don't let the caboose lead you or you'll get off track. Put it where it needs to be. My faith are in the facts, not in what I feel. My faith are in the facts, not by what I feel. It will change your life. Today, as we get ready to close, I want to read you one more, one more verse in Genesis 12 and 2. And God said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. God takes what I give him, my life, my resources, my things. He blesses it when I give it to him. First thing he does is he blesses it. Then he begins to break me. And make me. Why? Because after he breaks and makes me, he can multiply me. He can send me out. And the reason why God wants to bless you is he wants you to be a blessing. Who can you be a blessing to this week? I love the fact that this Sunday that we brought in hundreds of pairs of shoes around the altar this morning, lined up for people who brought in a pair of shoes. Some of you brought more. To give away to people this weekend by yourself. Doesn't seem like it would add up much. I bring a pair of shoes. How's this going to make a difference? But together, we're going to make a big difference. There's a lot of students going to receive good shoes to wear this school year. There's going to be a lot of people get some new shoes as they go start a new job or go to an interview. There's going to be people who got holes in their shoes wearing around flip-flops. They're going to receive the first pair of tie-up shoes they've had in a long time. Together, we're a blessing. Why has God blessed us? He wants us to be a blessing. Sometimes we look at the church too much to be the blessing when we realize God wants me to be the blessing. Well, my church can help. They can, but you can help too. Have you done what you can do? Call me up. Hey, Pastor, I got a friend who needs some groceries. Okay. Whoa. Did you give him anything out of your cabinet? What I'm saying is this, what, let's look and say, God, you bless me. God will get it to me if he can get it through me. God, what I have, you blessed to be a blessing. And the more, it's the principle. I know in our own understanding, it doesn't make sense. But remember, God's pattern is not our pattern. God's math is not our math. The more I give it away, the more God's going to get it to me. The more he's going to bless me and throw it out so I can become a more of an, even a bigger blessing to others. Why? Because I'm already blessed to be a blessing. I hope this encourages somebody today. I want you to bow your heads. I want to ask you the most important question today. The most important question is this. Have you fully surrendered your life to Jesus? That's where it all starts right there 
first step to being blessed is fully surrendering your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here like some of the people in the first service today. We had multiple people who made a decision to put Jesus first in their life. Say, Pastor, I need to accept Jesus. I need to confess him as Lord of my life. The Bible says we must believe it in our heart and we must confess him with our mouth that he is Lord of our life. And we won't do anything to single you out. We're not gonna do anything to embarrass you. But if you're here today, so I'm ready, Pastor, to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life today. I'm ready to accept him. Not anybody looking at me. Can you just raise your hand and let me see where you're at? See, that's my, what I wanna do. Thank you. Anybody else wanna join them? Thank you. Anybody else wanna join these? Yeah, thank you, guys. Several hands going up across the room. This is why we're here today. Everything's been leading up to this moment right here where you can make a decision, life-changing decision to surrender your life fully to Jesus. If you haven't raised it, Raise it one more time right now. Let me see if you're ready to raise your hand and join them. Thank you. We're going to say this prayer. and I want you who raised your hands, I want you to say it after me from your heart. I want you to mean this prayer. As Christians around you, we'll say it to help you along. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, we say welcome to the family of God. Come on now, give my give a hand clap.